Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, author, blogger, and speaker, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. I'm talking with women who are using their gifts to impact the world for Christ and I hope it inspires you to do the same. Today's guest is popular blogger, author, and speaker, Abby McDonald. She challenges us to make a shift in the way we look at God in the midst of our struggles. Have you ever wondered where God was in the midst of your struggles? We see God in answered prayers, bountiful blessings, and undeniable miracles. But what about when life is not what you expected? Abby shares what the Lord has taught her about this, and what she has to say will encourage and inspire you. Listen in as I have a chat with Abby McDonald. Well, I want to welcome my friend, Abby McDonald, to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Abby, welcome. Thank you, Doris. Thanks for having me. You are an author and speaker and a blogger and a wife and a mom. So you've got a lot going on. (laughs) Yes, very much so. You have a new book that is coming out. Releases February 4th. Wonderful. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but share with us what you feel is the place where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. What is it that really drives your fierce calling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've always had a passion for writing Doris um, since as long as I can remember. I've loved to write. I've always found that how to get my thoughts out, get my emotions out and sort of sort through that. I also have a desire really for women to find their identity in Christ instead of the noise of the world, instead of other people's opinions, even instead of their roles as a wife and mom, because I know sometimes we can feel as though we're falling short in those areas and we feel like we have to perform. And so my desire is to show women that their identity is founded in what Christ says about them and not what others have to say. Mm -hmm. And that's what I strive to get across in my writing and also just to ground them in the word and to really live that out. That's where some of my passion and conviction come from. Great. And you are a beautiful writer. And I will also say that I love how you talked about identity because because it's true when we tend to put our identity into the things we do, the roles we play, those things can change over time or can be up one day, down the next. So we wouldn't want our identity to be based on those things because our identity is a constant. So I love how your message and passion is to really share that truth with women because we do need to be encouraged and hear that. Sometimes it's hard to even know what that means. Um, yes. what, what are some of the struggles that you have been able to come through with the help of the Lord? Uh, Well, when you become a writer, you know, if you're really going to make any kind of advancement, you know, you're going to have to submit your writing different places, you're going to come face to face with rejection. And I remember that was actually one of the first things I took a writing course when my husband and I lived in Utah, and it was actually fiction. That's what I 
wrote several years ago. I was mainly a fiction writer and I really enjoyed it. And then over the course of the years, I got more into nonfiction because I found that that was just easier for me to write in the season that I'm in with three young children at home. I find that I don't really have the the headspace to write fiction right now. And so, yeah, I remember the instructor of this fiction class telling us right off the bat that he could wallpaper his house with rejection letters and that if we wanted to write, then that was something we were going to have to come to terms with. And I really took that to heart. And it does get discouraging as a writer to have to deal with that. And people tell you to adapt a thick skin and this sort of thing. And that's just not really who I am as a person. Um, I'm a very sensitive person. Um, That's just my personality. But I, um, once again, you know, I just had to question, you know, why am I doing this? Am I doing this like it says in Galatians? Am I trying to please people or am I living for Christ? And I felt strongly this is something that God is asking me to do, that he wants me to do. And at the end of the day, that is my ultimate goal is to point others toward him and not toward myself. And so I had to wrestle through that. And it's not always easy, but I do think it's worth it. And that he gives us those little boosts of encouragement when we need it. Definitely. So <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And that can be so applicable in all areas of our life, the mm-hmm. rejection part. So what a good lesson to grab hold of that. In the world, we're going to face rejection in a lot of different areas and a lot of different seasons for a lot of different reasons. And so looking to what is our purpose? Why are we doing it? That's a great way to look at it. Abby, I'm glad that you brought that up because yeah. we have to look at who who are we really doing it for? You know, we're working for the Lord and in turn, we hope to bless other people and share the truth with them. And it's just his timing and what works for him because we can look at rejections as a blessing because it wasn't something that was good for us. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it's also, like you said about God's timing, he's constantly crafting us and molding us into the person that he wants us to be. And the the person he wants us to be is like Jesus, you know, in the image of Christ. If he were to just give us everything we want on our timeline, then you know, would would we really be molded into his image? I mean, I'd like to think we would, but the truth is probably not. Yeah. So Probably be in a little trouble there. (laughs) (laughs) Things went according to our plan. I know sometimes he probably allows that every so often, but you know, seeking his will is so, is so cool. And how does this play into your book? Tell us about Shift. Yes. So the title of my book is Shift, Changing Our Focus to See the presence of God. And really the book is based on 2 Corinthians 4.12, where it says, uh, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And I've always loved that scripture, but applying it to my own life has been somewhat of a struggle. And because you question, you know, what does that even mean? What, how do I fix my eyes on what is unseen? 
And throughout scripture, God refers to himself as invisible and unseen. Um, It says that no one has ever seen God, but when we love him and abide in him, people see him in us. And so really the book is just wrestling through that and um, addressing what does that mean in my everyday life? And specifically, what does that mean when I'm not getting my prayers answered and I do hit these bumps in the road where I felt like God was calling me specifically to do something, but then when I'm obedient to that and I actually do it, I don't see the results that I anticipated and I question, you know, what was that even God, you know, or was that just me thinking that he was calling me to this, but in fact it wasn't because I think we all wrestle with those things and in our faith, we do experience doubt. I think that those two things can intersect, but that's what the book is about. It's about a wrestling through that question, you know, how do I fix my eyes on God in the midst of this struggle. And that struggle can be an unanswered prayer. It can be a deferred dream. It can be those long seasons of waiting where we're not seeing what we wanted to see. And I believe that during those times, if we determine to fix our focus on God rather than what we wish we were seeing, then he will reveal himself to us. That's what I hope to give to readers when they read the book. Yeah, what a needed message that is, because we do struggle with that. And we have such similar things that we deal with. And it is great to know, for one thing, that we're not alone in these feelings. And what do we do with them? You know, how do we move through and work through those? And I feel like your book really touches on a real important message that women need, especially in this day and age with all the stuff in the world going on coming at us. And we do question, like you said, say, we don't maybe see the fruit right away, or we don't see an answer that we think it should be. But oftentimes, it's not anything like we thought it would look. How did it help you to learn and grow as you were writing this book? Did things come out of you that you were like surprised <laughs> about? Yeah, yeah, you know, it it really did. And they say that when you write a book, that God will make sure that you live out the message. And God certainly did that with me. And really, it made me dig into the word deeper than I ever had before. I mean, I thought that I knew the word, but when I wrote this, I really had to go a lot deeper. And one thing that I noticed was Jesus' relationship with the Father was absolutely integral to who he was. Um, and I think that a lot of times we want to see the miracle first and then we will have faith to do whatever we feel like God is calling us to do, but we want him to reveal himself to us in some way. And sometimes he will, because he's a gracious, merciful God, and he loves to bless us, um, and he loves to see us move forward. But a lot of times it's not until we take that step that we see him. 
and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. And uh, that is one thing when I was looking at these stories in the Gospels of Jesus and how he called those first disciples, I realized, you know, he hadn't done anything. He hadn't performed a miracle. Um, he, they weren't really sure who he was. All he said was, come and follow me. And they did. And so there was something about him that pulled them other than miracles or what he could do for them. And so I found that really interesting. And also the fact that his connection to the father was where his power came from. Uh, His power didn't come from what he did. It came from that constant connection to him. And so I think the same is true with us. You know, we have to stay connected and we have to have that constant communication um, that, that empowers us and it gives us what we need to find that strength each day. And yeah. so it's, a, it's an ongoing process for sure. That's amazing when the Lord reveals these things that maybe hadn't jumped off the page before. Mm-hmm. And like you said, how you dug deeper because of this writing journey. Mm-hmm. And that is something important for all of us, even those that aren't writing. You know, if anyone's not writing a book and listening, it, it doesn't mean it's not applicable to them because we've all been entrusted with the gospel to share it. We have a responsibility to be in the word and to dig deeper. And it's amazing to be able to do that through writing or speaking, whatever God calls us to do, you know, empowered by the spirit, because that was a pretty cool interaction with the spirit too, with Jesus and just seeing how all the three in the Godhead kind of, you know, work together. And I know that it comes out too, when you speak as well. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about when you are preparing to speak somewhere. How does that look? Well, it's really similar to my writing process. Honestly, a lot of prayer, a lot of preparation, uh, just digging into the word. And I think being a good listener too, I I pay a lot of attention to what people say to me in everyday conversations, what they say about my writing. I've had people um, tell me a number of times that they, that I addressed a felt need that they had that they weren't even aware of before. But then when I spoke, they realized, you know, their need for that word. And I don't give myself credit for that at all. I mean, that's all God. But I think that being a good listener is so key and seeing what it is people are thirsty for, you know, what is it? what is their struggle? I always ask myself that when I write too, is uh, what questions is this person asking today? What dilemma or problem is she facing that she needs help with? And if I were to have a cup of coffee with her or tea or whatever, you know, what would she need to hear to give her that encouragement to move forward? And so I think that those are just good questions to ask anytime we we go into speaking or writing or even just connecting with people is how can the spirit move us to help that person and to grow closer 
to him and to rely on him for their strength and what they need. Yes. I think that's great for people to know this, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, when a woman picks up a book to read it and it was written through the inspiration of the words that God gave the author to write. And for that mindset of thinking, what does this reader need today? And, you know, oftentimes they will find that in the pages because they've been led to read the book, but Mm -hmm. it is encouraging to hear that the books are written so personally, Mm -hmm. personally, for that connection, you know, not just to put a bunch of words on a page and try to make your point across it is about meeting the need of the person who's going to be reading that book. So I'm excited right. and looking forward to that. <laughs> for sure. I love the title. Thank I mean, you. just shift. It's just like, yeah, we need to make a shift. <laughs> and so <laughs> when you change your focus, you can be more in tune to the presence of God and see him in unexpected places or where maybe we hadn't journeyed or looked before. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually I've had a a few people pre read it. And the things that they get out of it are are never what I anticipated, you know, I I will write something and I'll think that Oh, that's so, so great. And this is going to be the huge nugget. But it's always something that I wouldn't even have anticipated Mm -hmm. them gleaning from it. And once again, it's just the power of the spirit and, and what he does. Yeah. So it's very cool to watch. It is cool because it is confirmation, affirmation that this is his message in what he wanted, you know, this book to be. And oftentimes the book morphs from the beginning of the concept to actually writing, right? I mean, it does change Mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, one thing that came up while I was writing it is that my stepdad was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, Mm -hmm. and he's fine now. And and he had the surgery to remove that and everything is great now. But at the time, you know, you just hear this big word cancer and your mind jumps to the worst case scenario. And so I ended up actually putting a little bit of that into the book and how I wanted to grab a hold of my husband and I wanted to hug him because I knew that he was worried. And when I heard the news, he was at work and I couldn't get to him, you know, and all I could do was pray. And so to me, prayer became that embrace. And I had never thought of prayer that way, but it it really is. And I think a lot of times we don't think of prayer as really doing anything. You know, we want to take action and we want to fix the problem when really that's one of the best things that we can do for a person. And so it just changed my outlook on it and God answered. And so that's a great reminder especially because there may be a woman listening who is not near maybe a child or, or their spouse is not with them and they need to really reach out. And that is how you reach, you, you reach up to God and then it kind of envelops the whole situation. So that mm-hmm. is a good reminder. We do tend to be reactive, don't we? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes. Yeah. yeah. 
we kind of like the knee jerk reaction instead of saying, well, wait a second, you know, I've told other people now pray about it first. You know, it's easy to say, but when it's in a situation where it just kind of comes up unexpectedly, you have to really trust that the Lord will lead and that you can trust him in prayer. So I love that you brought that up because that's so important. So yes, your book's coming out in what was the date again? February 4th. Yes. February 4th. That's exciting. Yes. And there are some fun pre order incentives, some downloadable art and some playlists that people can get a hold of if they want to head over to it's shiftbook.org and they can get a hold of all of those if they pre-order the book. So great shiftbook.org. Yes. The website. Okay. I'll put that yeah. in the episode notes so people can find that. So are there any other things while you were writing the book or any other circumstances you felt you were living out as you were writing that book? Well, there's definitely spiritual battle that takes place when you're writing a book. Um, One thing that happened is my computer crashed while I was writing my manuscript. I had 35,000 words written and, (laughs) and the due date for the manuscript was drawing near. Uh, I had a lot of investment in that and my computer just crashed, you know, and I couldn't even get it to turn on. Uh, The long and short of it was we had to buy another computer. We were able to transfer most everything onto the new computer, but I hadn't saved that last version of the document. So praise the Lord, my dear husband, he had bought a backup system, um, you know, a wireless, like they call it a NOS, and everything just automatically backs up to that. So yes, all but like, I think 2,500 words of my document were saved, but I did have about three days where I I didn't know, you know, because we hadn't gotten the new computer yet. We weren't able to get the old one to turn on. And I just didn't know whether or not it was going to be saved if I was going to have to start over. (laughs) And so I did a lot of praying during that time and just giving it to the Lord, you know, and uh, because there's nothing else I could do. It was just, Yeah. yeah, when I talked about prayer, feeling like it's not doing anything. That was when I had to trust that was doing something and that was all I could do. (laughs) And so I'm kind of a warrior by nature. And my husband says that I'm also a control freak, uh, which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say whether that's right or wrong, but that I did see that control freak in me start to surface a little bit during those few days. And I was super grateful that those, that manuscript was still intact. That was definitely another answer to prayer. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely situations like that that arise. And I've heard so many stories similar to that of authors when they're writing books, these crazy things happening. Mm -hmm. And you have to really just remember who the real enemy is. You know, we we don't fight against flesh and blood. When we get on our knees and we go to battle, that's putting the enemy where 
he belongs. Yeah, and that, that's what he showed me re- repeatedly time and time again. Yeah, we learned from all of these experiences. And I'm sure during those days, it's almost like you feel like God saying, well, okay, Abby, what happens <laughs> if those 35,000 words are gone forever. What's going to happen? You know, it's like, hey, what if the rug is just pulled out from under us? What can we still remember that no matter if that rug gets pulled out underneath us, we are still standing on solid ground. Absolutely. And I, and I had to ask myself that question too. And I even told God, I'm like, you know, I I know that that's a possibility. And if that's what happens, I'm just going to trust that, you know what, that, that manuscript was garbage. Right. <laughs> and you you just wanted me to start over, you know. Yeah. You I was that thinking way. that too. It's like, you know, <laughs> wow, that's one way to edit like the whole thing. Exactly. But uh but it is true and oftentimes when things like that happens where you have to start again or you have to refocus, you can see later how like even the words that you lost with the 2000 something words, it's like, okay, either those weren't meant to be in there or he replaced them with words that were better or needed to yeah. be in there because it's something that someone needed to hear. Absolutely. Um, yes. So very That's cool. Fair. It is amazing how all of these things, although they might be different callings, you know, some people have a call to run a call to whatever on the mission field, whatever the call is, or such a similar theme that we can see throughout. And it's just trusting God with the unknown because he knows. And so, well, how can people connect with you, Abby? They can connect with me on my blog. I am at abbymcdonald.org. And uh, there is a free gift there too, is if you join my email list, I have a free gift called the Daughter's Manifesto. Mm -hmm. And it's just a reminder to us of God's grace and of who we are in Christ, because we do have a tendency to forget sometimes. And so, I just like to affirm my readers and who they are. And so I would love to connect with each of you um, over there on abbymcdonald.org. Great. And I'll put the link to your website in the session notes as well so that people can find you and look out for that book coming out, which is so exciting. And uh, congratulations on that. That is amazing. And I know it's like a lot of times when books come out, people don't really realize how many years have been invested into this birthing that's coming Mm -hmm. forth. There's been labor pains and it's a lot longer than nine months and then go into labor and here's this book. It's like years of, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord really preparing and training. And like you said, even rejection and all of that, that comes along with it. So it's like a diamond that was just crushed under the pressure and it comes out something beautiful. That's true. That's a great analogy. And I'll be praying for you and all that this brings because once the book comes out, there's a whole nother ball game of what comes (laughs) next. So but pretty exciting stuff because it's God. It's what he's doing in and through you to bless others. And he is using you for the furtherance of the kingdom. And so that's really exciting and amazing. And they're just relationships you've probably been able to build over time in the book process. The connections that you've made are also part of that whole journey. Absolutely. Yeah. They're so key. The community is so needed in this process. So I am super grateful for everyone who's come alongside me to support me. And I know there's a lot of women that can say the same to you because you have been 
such an encouragement. And you have been there for a lot of women who just need a good word and an encouraging word. So thank you for joining me and taking time out. I look forward to the future of things to come and we're going to keep our eye on you, Abby McDonald. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Doris. All right. And we will talk again soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you were blessed by what you heard today. You can connect with Abby at abbymcdonald.org and pre-order her book, Shift, Changing Our Focus to See the Presence of God. You can grab some cool pre-order bonuses as well. And it's all at shiftbook.org. Friend, God is with us always in the hard times and in the good times. He is holding our hand through it all. Whatever your season, know that God's timing is perfect and it's never too late to take action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. And I would love to connect with you as well. So come see me at doriswift.com. I have some gifts for you. My ebook, Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling, my Bible study and prayer journal, and some fear-fighting scripture verses you can download. I'd like to leave you with this encouraging truth from the one full of grace and truth. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Friend, come out of hiding and reach for the hem of his garment. Your faith can make you well and you can live in peace that surpasses all understanding. I hope you join me next week when I talk with another woman who is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.